baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Time to rewind. It's the Chris and Amy Rewind Recap. Amy Mark scores alongside Chris Ranji, who did not die. Hey, Ranj. You can give us a call or send us a text at 314-436-7900. You can also leave us a voicemail at 314-944-1120. If you're listening on 1120 AM, you can check out 98.7 FM. Really crystal clear, especially along the Highway 40 corridor. Also, the Odyssey app is what I use. I carry my phone with me so I can carry KMOX with me everywhere I go. Download the Odyssey app for free. And then also the Chris and Amy Show podcast. Wherever you get your podcast, you can subscribe to the show. Make sure you never miss a thing. Well, it's been a pretty full day so far. Well, yesterday, I mean, you talk about headline news breaking upon headline news breaking. You would think that the Supreme Court hearing oral arguments on the Colorado case determining whether or not Donald Trump is eligible to run for a second term. You would think that would be the biggest news of the day. But Chris Ranji, I think it might have been the Robert Her investigation report and the language that was used describing President Joe Biden um, as a sympathetic, well-meaning elderly man with a poor memory. I thought it was a really strange thing to throw into the report to call it. um, I don't know if it's an intentional political hit, if it is a um, if it's just throwing a bone to uh, the other side because they know he's not going to be charged with anything. They're not going to move forward on it. I don't know what it was. Maybe it was completely unintentional, but it seems like language that really isn't used okay. very often. I don't I don't mean just calling somebody old. It almost seemed editorializing in a way. Well, but so, I mean, it, that seemed to be the reason why he wasn't presenting charges because yeah, that's, he, he did I, say... I get that, but... He said that Joe Biden, quote, willfully retained and disclosed classified right. materials and also that that presented, quote, serious risks to national security. And he was saying if he if Joe Biden were to stand before a jury, jury that's how he would present himself as he did in the interviews. Sympathetic. Seems like a cop elderly. out, though. Doesn't it seem like a cop out, though? Like if you think there are charges, if you think mm-hmm. there's something here that needs to be charged, then do it. Don't for, forget about what the jury or you think, the, however you think he's going to defend himself, because any charge you bring against anybody, like they could predict ahead of time what they believe yeah. Trump's defense would be for his mishandling of the classified documents. They're not going to be blindsided by that. So I think they would also know the same thing for Biden. Um, but why would that prevent you from... Well, if you think there's if you think there are chargeable offenses, then do it. But I think that I think that was his point is that in his his mind, they weren't chargeable 
because in order to prove that Joe Biden is guilty of a felony, it, quote, requires a mental state of willfulness. And I think he was making Mm. the argument that Joe Biden wasn't in a mental state of willfulness, willfulness, having taken these documents. Well, then how can you argue it's willful if you think that he's not? It's either willful or it's not. If he's making the argument that it's willful, then he's saying that he was of state of mind to know what was happening. But then in the next breath, he says, well, uh, he doesn't really know where he is. Yeah, I'm I'm guessing. I'm not sure other than that. Well, let me say this. What I think he means by that is while he does believe it was willful, I'm not sure if he believes it was willful or not, but that either way, he's not going to be able to prove that point with Joe Hmm. Biden. And And he pointed out, again... Joe Biden struggling to remember the date or the time of his son's death. He also brought up that Joe Biden could not remember when he was president. That is not that's not a good excuse me, vice president. That's not a good look for the current president of the United States. And when Joe Biden called that impromptu press conference, which, you know, his staff did not want, he as Michael Kelly, John Hancock and even those on CNN said all he did was affirm people's worst suspicions about his declining mental capacity and memory, whether it was him forgetting the name of the saint and the rosary, which like, okay, maybe that's little, but then he mixes up Egypt and Mexico when he's talking about the conflict between Israel and Hamas. Well, so then what's going to – I have a couple of things here. First of all, my dad passed away in 20 – see, okay, I'm doing it right now. It's – I have to think about it, but sometimes I forget the exact year, and it only happened like six years ago. But but let me just push back on that because they said the same thing on CNN. Like Anderson Cooper doesn't know when he joined. It is election years. They're divisible by four. I know – I know when Joe Biden was vice president. I know— I'm talking about when his son died. Okay, sorry. Well, the vice presidency thing, that's a big one because that's not like a random date. Yeah. So then, but then here's the other thing that I have with this, and we, we all know that he's not—he's not mentally where he was 20 years ago. I think we we get that. That's no one's going to dispute that. Um, so here's where we are: we are in a situation where we have two candidates who both have mental issues. Let's not let's not get this twisted. I think people are are looking at it like, well, Joe Biden is clearly not of sound mind. Are we sure the other guy is? Because he makes a lot of these same exact gaps. He doesn't. He didn't know who Nancy Pelosi was, or he confused her with uh, I forgot who it was now. Um, but he's all Nikki Haley. He's con, he's confusing the two of them. So we have two. I, I this is what it's going to become is Joe. The election is this. Let's be pragmatic about it. The election is going to be Biden versus Trump. And if people are going to say, well, Joe Biden is not mentally capable, well, then you better say the same thing about the other guy and then make your decision from well, there. Then I, here's, because they're, the, they're, they're, they're in very similar situations. Joe Biden's declining mental sharpness, declining mental acuity, his inability to remember key events or times or dead European leaders— or which border he's talking about, Mexico or Egypt. Trump that's a, does the that's exact a big same deal. stuff. 
yeah. irrelevant to the conversation because the Democrats are the party that's not supposed to be crazy. Well, if, I don't if think the it Democrats is irrelevant put because together, it is. If the Democrats I'm being, put no, someone well, who's younger, I'm being pragmatic younger. about this. I'm being, and I agree with you. I would rather them go with somebody else. But I'm being pragmatic here because this is going to be the matchup. It's going to be but these here, two guys. So we, the decisions have to be made based on what it is, not what we wish it should be. But here's why. And I agree with you. I wish they would go with somebody else, but they're not going to. Here's why it doesn't fly with me, because I'm a Republican who've wa- I've watched the party implode. I've watched it become a pathetic shell of what it used to be. Not just it wasn't that hi- Donald Trump hijacked the party. We gave it to him. We were so broken and so weak. We gave him the party. This is who we are. And I'm saying, yeah, Donald Trump is bad. I didn't vote for him either time. But Joe Biden is declining in his mental sharpness. It's so obvious that he is not, to my mind, fit to have the toughest job in the world. And we've been gaslighted over and over again. I feel like by Democrats, they know he's fine. He's fine. You're, he's not that old. He's just as sharp. He hasn't lost anything off his so- fastball. Maybe he's okay, a little tired. So then, and but now, Amy, finally, do do when then? we... Because this is the matchup. What no, do we I, do then? I think what I want people, the Democrats, to say is, like, instead of saying, yeah, but Trump is worse say, well, then our party needs to get its act together. You hold your party accountable to get someone better than Joe Biden. I agree with you, but let's think pragmatically. That's not what's going to happen. It's these two guys against each other, and they both have mental issues. So now what? I mean, John Hancock still, he's out on a limb here. He says he doesn't think it will be Joe Biden. I know he's been saying that, but it's getting really late in the game for a change. Why won't they make a change? They are quite literally putting up the only Democrat who could lose to Donald Trump. There's a good chance that because because of all the junk that comes along with Donald Trump, he's exhausting. People are fatigued. You put up Gavin Newsom. You put somebody up other than Joe Biden, you can win. I honestly think, especially after last night, there is a good chance that Donald Trump will beat Joe Biden because it was going to be close anyway. He'll beat Joe Biden and... Very few people, I think, look at Joe Biden last night and go, there's a guy that in five years will still be completely fine as president. There's no way. Well, so so I guess that's my issue, is that if people look at, at Biden over the presidency and then yesterday and then listen to the report um, from Robert Hur, if 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 that's what they're going on and they say, well, I guess we got to go with Trump now because this guy, well, wait a minute. The other guy has the exact same problems. Maybe not exact same. I think they're different. Similar problems. Trump was, was saying crazy things, dangerous things when he was president. Yes. But even before he was getting old with Joe Biden, I mean, I will defend this with Joe Biden. He's not, clinically insane where Donald Trump may be, Joe Biden is getting very old. And it's not even just his age because there are very sharp and with it 80-year-olds, but this job is taking a toll. And I will say this from a humanitarian point of view, or I should say human point of view. Forget that he's president. My first thought is, oh my gosh, this is an ailing 81-year-old man and you keep asking him about his dead son? To me, that seems cruel. If that were my dad... I would be like, it's time to step aside. But because he's the president, I'm sorry he has to be able to stand up to those questions. But I would say just from a human perspective, it bothered me. You're right. No one should be asking an 81, badgering an 81-year-old man who's 
obviously ailing about his his dead son. Well, nobody should be badgering anybody about their dead son. 40 years old, 50 years old, 81 years old. But you get old. my point. That shouldn't be happening. Well, yeah, but but it, it shouldn't be happening anyway. I don't know. It's just it, I'm not sure what the what the purpose of throwing that into the report was. I don't think it had real purpose. I tend and I agree I believe in institutions. I I believe in the Department of Justice. I believe in the FBI. I think for the most part, they do a very good job or do as well as they possibly can. But I do think some this felt a lot like the Comey letter from October of 2016. This but, that's what that felt like. And I don't know if it was intentional or not, but it's it, it feels like it was. You, Maybe it wasn't. Do you well, and that's why I question only because I know you've defended the FBI, you've defended the investigations, you've said if they've done something wrong. So you're yeah. it sounds like you're saying this guy is weaponizing his language against Biden, which kind of goes against what you've said with special counsels and the FBI and these investigations, is that they don't weaponize it and they don't make it political. I don't think generally the investigations are. I think if you write your report, you might be able to throw a little shot in there if you feel like if if you feel like it's going to benefit you in some way. I think that's possible. But I'm saying the institutions overall are good. I believe in the institutions. I don't know that if this were written by somebody else, if it would have been written the exact same way, the report I'm talking about. I don't know that. Maybe, maybe it would have. Maybe it would have been exactly the same. But it feels a lot like the Comey letter. It feels purposeful. It feels almost like, hey, we know we're going to get political blowback because we're not going to charge him, but we charge Trump. So how are we going to square those two things? Oh, I know. Let me throw in a couple of shots that we know will be a bone to them. Well, Maybe that's what it is. Even, or maybe not. It, it could not be. Even I don't before know. last night... The majority of Americans, something like 76, 78 percent, were concerned about Biden's ability, his mental acuity in a second sure. term. That includes 56 sure. percent of Democrats. You know that number is higher. And it does make Kamala Harris's unpopularity an issue, because I think when people see Biden, they think we're not voting for him. We're voting for the, the vice president. He's not going to be there in five years. Not, I'm not saying he's going to die. I'm just saying, for whatever reason, he's not going to be president in four or five years. What I would say is this. I would be more concerned about, and, and I don't like the situation now, and, and I've said this 12 times already in the segment. I would like somebody else to be running in his place. I would prefer a different candidate. I prefer a different candidate than Trump. I, I don't, as a, as a politician, I don't really care for Nikki Haley, but I can live with that. I can live with her being the nominee, and I would prefer somebody else on the Democratic side. But I would be more concerned about what Biden is if you had more stories from his actual personal one-on-one -on -one dealings with other politicians. So you know he's dealing with Republicans on a daily basis and Democrats. If you heard more stories about, man, this guy behind closed doors he is losing it. If I heard more of those, then I would be a lot more concerned than I am now. But we don't. And and you know that if it was happening, you would hear about it. A lot more to say on that. We want to hear from you. Hang on to your hats. I'm going to give you some numbers. 314-436-7900 to call or text. 314-436-7900. And if you're stressed out about politics, maybe Barry Manilow will help. 
So we're going to go ahead. I'm going to give you another number. Give you a chance oh, to God. win some Barry Manilow tickets. This is your last day to win Barry Manilow tickets. Be the 10th caller at, here's the number, 10th caller, 314-955-1120. He's Chris Ranji. I'm Amy Mark. Scores more on The Chris and Amy Show next. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. Congrats to Joanne from Fairmont City. You're going to go see Barry Manilow at Enterprise Center on July 25th. Congrats, Joanne. Maybe hey, you'll see Pam and Jan. They're also going. Pam and Jan are yeah, going? Yeah, those were our winners the last oh. two days. I know. Oh, how, how wonderful. <laughs> so text coming in. Um, a lot of thoughts on what happened yesterday with President Biden and the Robert Herr report. President Biden called an impromptu press conference. And then, you know, he walks away from the podium and the press starts asking him questions about the Israel-Hamas conflict. And he turns around and walks back to the podium. You know, his staff was like, no, 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 don't go. But he did. Um, yeah, I don't know. Not the. It was not the best move. It, it was not great. It just wasn't. We're getting texts. A lot of people saying... I would rather vote for someone who's old and forget something than someone who's actually crazy. Um, let's see who well, else. I, yeah, so I, 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 so when I said this earlier, I think we have to be pragmatic about this. Let's just assume these are the two guys. I, I know that uh, Michael and John think that there's going to be a change. I don't, mm-hmm. unless something happens, unless there is a, you know, a tragedy of some kind. These are the guys. These are the two guys that are going. And that's how we have to look at it. We have to we have to make the decision as a country, which of these two people with different mental issues do we want to have to vote for? Well, I, and, and, and that's well, that's the reality. We can't pretend like, well, Biden's all messed up in the head, so we better go with the other guy. Well, the other guy's messed up, too. He is. That's so, why I feel like the, the less messed up party should put someone up there who's better than Biden. He keeps getting voted in primaries, though. Hmm. He is Chris Ranji. I'm Amy Mark. Scores on a lighter note. The Kansas City Chiefs are in the Super Bowl this weekend. Danon Hughes, radio broadcaster, joins us. Amy Mark scores, Chris Ranji alongside you, and it is Super Bowl weekend, baby, and the Kansas City Chiefs are back where they pretty much always are, and that's the Super Bowl. And to discuss the big game this weekend. So annoying for me. So annoying for this Bears fan over here. <laughs> we have Danon Hughes, a Kansas City Chiefs analyst on the radio broadcast side. Danon, good to talk to you again. Hey, good morning. Yeah, good to talk to you guys as well. Good morning here from Vegas. Uh, don't be mad about this this run about the Chiefs now. Uh, I can well, hear the disdain why? in your voice. That, that was yes. That was, you know, we waited a long time for this to happen. We went 
you know, the last playoff game that we won before Andy Reid came in was when I was a rookie. So we went a long time without any postseason success. So we're going to relish this time. We're savoring yeah. every moment. Yeah, the last time we went through it, we had Jay Cutler, you know? Uh, so <laughs> do, you, do you do you understand, I feel your Dana, pain. Where I, I, I feel your pain, yeah. Good point. Because we should have Patrick Mahomes. That's the main problem. Patrick Mahomes is everything, and he should have been a bear. And so now I'm, I'm looking at him in, in his first six seasons in the NFL. He goes to a conference championship every single time, multiple Super Bowls already. I mean, how many more Super Bowls is this guy going to go to? As many as they allow us. I mean, why why <laughs> stop now? Like we we become we become very very spoiled in the Chiefs kingdom in regards to the opportunities that are available to us and how we can, you know, flourish. So to me, like don't stop this train, don't pull it off the tracks. I'm ready to keep riding this thing. And Danon, you're in Las Vegas, Super Bowl weekend, crazy town. Would you say that Las Vegas on Super Bowl weekend is about the same or less buzz than Taylor Swift at a home game in Kansas City on any other <laughs> given weekend? <laughs> yeah, I think it's slightly more, but there is, you know, obviously the Swifties are out. I actually met my first Swiftie that was only riding along with the Chiefs because of Taylor Swift. So I've met Taylor Swift fans. Obviously, they're, they're all in droves out there. But actually, in the uh, casino, she had I'm a Swifty tag on her shirt. She had a big you know, bulletin board, cardboard board, board walking around with Travis Kelsey on it. And then she openly admitted she only likes football because of Taylor Swift. So I, I, the world is going into strange places when you have that be the effect of, of that relationship. Uh, we talked to Mitch uh, Holtis, your, your colleague, about this and just the amount of attention the Chiefs have gotten. It's it, it must be overwhelming in a sense because here's a team that for years, just because of the market they're in, much like St. Louis, you know, flies under the radar. And then mm -hmm. you get this great quarterback who does what he does for six years. And then on top of it, a global superstar is thrown into your mix. It, it, this is, it, I can't imagine a season being more intriguing than this one. I thought it was supposed to be like a lifetime movie. Maybe that's it's going to happen. It's going to be on what E, e Network or something like that. This is a story that we normally oh see better than that on HBO Saturday afternoons HBO. There you go. Yeah. Um. So yeah, it, it's it's been great. I don't think it's been a distraction. I think a lot of people make it out to be more than it really is. Uh, what I've heard, I've never met her, but what I've heard, she's down to earth. She comes. Uh, she treats everybody with respect. Uh, the you know from the the ushers and everybody at the stadium uh, to everybody apart in their family. So to me, it's, it's a great, uh, great asset to have. I mean, I'm, I'm sure from a monetary standpoint, the NFL and the chiefs are making out Tra Travis Kelsey's Jersey. Number one went up in, uh, you know, sales. So like from a monetary standpoint, it's great. Obviously, if we didn't make it to the Super Bowl, there probably would have been a side story blaming her or something like that. So I'm kind of glad that we've gotten to where we are. You know, it's not to keep pushing the, the Taylor Swift aspect because I want to get to the game as well. But there will be a ton of eyes watching the Super Bowl as there always are. But new eyes as well because of the Taylor Swift effect to the point that 
beauty brands and brands that don't normally advertise during the Super Bowl will be advertising. I heard Dove, like the body skincare, they're uh-huh. they're running their first Super Bowl ad in over 20 years. <laughs> you got to love it. I mean, well, well, yeah. No, uh, unless you're a Bears fan, you got to love this, right? <laughs> okay. See, no, okay. Now, Ronge, Ronge we'll never be back there again. You can't be sad, Ronj, because like you said, the Bears would have ruined Mahomes That's anyway. True. You, yeah. Mahomes had to go, was where he is supposed to be. That is probably actually true. Yes. <laughs> you so the um, I want to talk more about the game itself because okay. you've got two teams here that are just. Really good teams. We, we've already talked about Mahomes, who's uh, arguably the best quarterback ever already. I think you could start to make those those arguments. And he's very young in his career. And going up against a guy who really came out of nowhere, literally Mr. Irrelevant, and, and look what he's doing. So look at the matchup here. What do you think? Yeah, you got to give Brock Purdy a lot of credit. Uh, to me, he garners a lot of respect from guys like myself because being that blue-collar guy, especially at that position, the most important position in all of sports, and to elevate himself the way he has in just two years uh, has been a phenomenal side story. And the, the way he's been able to do it and how he continues to mature at the quarterback position. Now, I try not to hold the fact that he's an Iowa State Cyclone against him, uh, but, but at the same time, I can respect his game on the field because it's one thing to, to burst out and be a superstar, you know, kind of an unsung guy like a Tony Romo was, and, and we've seen that at different times uh, in, in the NFL, but it's a whole other thing to manage superstars from that position. And when you got Christian McCaffrey, Debo Samuel, George Kittle, Brandon Ayuk, you got a, a, a slew of talent around you. And a lot of times there are guys that would play that position and just try to play it so that they, they don't make mistakes instead of trying to thrive in that position. So I give him credit for really taking that, taking the helm uh, to, seriously and to the point of allowing his playmakers to make plays and being, you know, just being a, a stud at the position. Having said that, you know, I'll t- I would take Patrick Mahomes every day and twice on Sunday because of what his abilities have shown. Uh, He has been outstanding. I think it's a great side story for Brock Purdy. Obviously, the retribution tour for them after losing in Super Bowl 54 against us, being up by double digits with just over six minutes left, and then losing by double digits, uh, that's got a sting. There's a lot of guys on this team that that were on that team and experienced that loss, so I'm sure they got some extra extra juice that they're going to try to tap into in regards to this game. So there's a lot of cool side stories, but when we got 15 and he's healthy, uh, I give us as good a chance as anybody. It, it is really hard to bet against him. And I think that's the bottom line for me and for a lot of people. Um, the 49ers have an excellent defense. I don't know if the, it's probably because Mahomes is the guy and there have been some, you know, receiving issues with the Chiefs this year. But, you know, Mahomes is Mahomes. I don't think the Chiefs, from a um, an outside perspective, have gotten enough credit for their defense. Yeah, definitely not. And, and if I was on your air waves, if I was on your show back in July, and I've said this for a large part of the last part, portion of the season, if I was on the radio show in July and said, we got a healthy, fully healthy Patrick Mahomes all season, a fully healthy Travis Kelsey all season, um, and – 
the story of our success and getting to the Super Bowl was the defense. You guys would have had me drug tested. Like it would, <laughs> it would not have been necessarily the best take. But the fact remains is that's why we're here. We even with those guys and the star power that we have on offense. The reason why we're here is the consistent dominance of this defense. Uh, consider over the last eight games, including the playoffs, the last eight games the Chiefs have played, they've allowed. Uh, in the second half of those games, they've allowed an average of four points. Like, that's incredible. It's to think it's about yeah. against Patrick Mahomes when you are trying to mount a comeback, when you are trying to hold on to a lead and try to put points on and get multiple scores up to put us in a position to uh, have to make a comeback, four points in the second half. That tells you a lot about this defense, their, the depth of the defense, and we're still young. George Karloftis tied for the lead on, on the team in sacks. He's only in his second year. Trent McDuffie, who I think should be the defensive MVP of this team, second-year guy. You got um, uh, Leo Chanel, second-year guy. You have uh, Nick Bolton, just in his third year. Like, there's so many, so much talent, so much young talent, and when you think about the defense, you talk about Chris Jones, justifiably so, but there's a lot of young talent around that's making plays and helping us win. People like to think of everything in, in terms of history. And when a team does really well, th there are a lot of people who are quick to say, well, this, this is a dynasty here. Mm -hmm. um, how do you define it? And are the chiefs already there? Uh, I'd say, I would say yes, because I feel like the dynasty thing. And I, I was watching some sports shows and they were talking about, Three, you have to win three championships in a short window of time, whether three in a row or three in four or five years to be considered a dynasty. Well, we're right in position to do that. But even even if we don't, like to go to six straight AFC championships, to host five of those, to go and have to beat the team that you ended the season with the Buffalo Bills, who were always anointed as the next team uh, every single year between them and the Chargers, and they never get it done. And yet you go onto their field when they finally have an opportunity for you to come to their house and you beat them uh, on their field. Then have to go to the number one seed, the best team in the NFL, with the uh, MVP and Lamar Jackson go on the road and accomplish that win and get to the Super Bowl. Like, you want to make it just about – some people want to make it just about the Super Bowl wins. But when you talk about the road to get here, to me that should be calculated in the dynasty talk. So just the fact of this success, the dominance over the AFC West uh, consistently, uh, what, eight straight years I believe it is that we've won, uh, like how do, you, how do you then try to negate it and say it's not a dynasty just because we may lose this game? I, I feel like it is already a dynasty. Yeah, it's, a, it's astounding dominance when you look at it like that. Dana, I wanted to ask you before we let you go about uh, someone who's close to St. Louis Rams fans' hearts, and that's Tory Holt. The NFL mm -hmm. Awards were last night. Tory Holt did not get into the Hall of Fame. I feel like he's got to get in. I feel like it's a travesty. What are your thoughts on Tory Holt? Absolutely. Obviously, I'm going to be team wide receiver anyway, <laughs> but I'm also – I'm also a big critic of wide receivers because I played the position. And with that being said, I feel like Torrey Holt is definitely a bona fide uh, Hall of Famer. He should be in the Hall of Fame. Isaac Bruce uh, and he were a dynamic duo for several years. And it's hard to be that complimentary receiver, uh, the Batman and Robin. Okay, well, who was Batman? Who was Robin? On any given day, you could probably interchange that. So I feel like Torrey Holt, he's carried himself uh, – 
while he was playing and since he's been done playing as a, a professional. He's been a great ambassador to the game. I got to know him a little bit in a few charity golf tournaments and so on uh, at NFL events, and he, he just seems like a top-shelf dude. So it's sad when you, when you see uh, guys like that get passed over time and time again. There are a lot of guys. Like I think of Otis Taylor. You know, the, the the Kansas City Chief, you know, was part of Super Bowls back with Lenny Dawson back in the 70s, 60s and 70s, and he's not in the Hall of Fame as a player. He's, he was one of the first big physical receivers, and he won, and yet he gets passed over. So I, I feel like the, the Hall of Fame, it's tough. I understand, especially with the emergence of the offenses nowadays where uh, – You've got a 1,000-yard receivers, and, and you've got some dominance on the offensive side that you forget about the greatness of guys like Torrey Holt. Speaking of receivers, uh, selfishly, I'm going to ask you this one question. Uh, we were talking about Bears Super Bowl the last time they were there. Opening kickoff, Devin Hester returned mm-hmm. it to the house, and it was the greatest sports moment of uh, ever, and then they <laughs> lost. Um, <laughs> so he, he gets into the Pro Football Hall of Fame as a returner, yeah. It, similarly, in baseball, some people think that closers shouldn't get into the Hall mm. of Fame because they don't play enough. Um, what do you think of him making it? Oh, I, I think you don't have a Hall of Fame just because uh, it's a third phase. I think there's a mindset sometimes with fans. You go back to your high school and your Pop Warner thoughts as a kid or as a parent, and you're like, oh, well, the kids that play special teams, they've just not, they're not good enough to play offense and defense. No. In the NFL, it's an equal phase. And I made my career six years being a captain on the special teams uh, and have it played with great returners myself. And Devin Hester, if you talk about the return game, he is the top guy. Uh, I feel like he, guys like Dante Hall, uh, they shaped the NFL and made it exciting. Like we all know the opening play of every game in the history of the NFL has been and always will be a kickoff and a kickoff return. And the fact that he was able to do that on that stage uh, and his coach, by the way, special teams coach for the bears at that time was Dave Tobe, who was the current yeah. special teams coach for the chiefs. So I got to know Tobe. He is extremely proud of Devin Hester. He spoke about it on the pregame show that we'll have on tomorrow. I mean, I have on Sunday. Uh, I just feel like that's a part of the game. Kickers, punters, return guys. If they were top shelf and you had to game plan to either not kick it to them or game plan on how to kick it to them. And then he still was able to flourish. He deserves to be in the hall of fame. Danan Hughes, he is the analyst on the Chiefs radio broadcast. We appreciate your time, Danan. We can't wait to talk to you next week, and go Chiefs. Go Chiefs, indeed. Uh, and sorry about the Bears again. Uh, yeah, me too. <laughs> it's okay. Have, have fun this weekend. Enjoy it. All right, thanks. Thank you, Danan Hughes. And uh, Ron, I think you could pretty much end any conversation with sorry about the Bears. Chris, Ranji, Amy Mark score is with you for the last time before Super Bowl Sunday. The next time we're all together, we'll we'll have a victor. I think it'll be the Chiefs. Obviously. It's probably going to be the Chiefs. I mean, it's just really difficult to to go against Mahomes. He's that good. Yeah, you know. And when you when all things are equal, and I wouldn't say that all things are equal with the two teams, but they're pretty close. You the deciding factor has to be the quarterback and theirs is just so far and away better 
than what the 49ers have. Do you think it's going to be – okay, this is going to be a dumb question, but you just never know with Super Bowls. Do you think it's going to be a predictably high-scoring game? high-scoring game, or do you I think this not. is going to be like a Tennessee-St. Louis Rams type game? I, I think you're looking at like a like a 24-17 kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I don't think we're talking about 60 points being scored. Yeah. It's a Super Bowl, you know? Typically, they're not they're not like, you know, 35 to 30 games or anything of that sort. So, yeah, it'll be fun, though. Well, we were talking about the dynasty aspect and eight straight AFC West championships. Um, and this year, I think this is when you know you're a good team, when you're not having your best year and you still make it to and the Super still Bowl. Here. That's it. That's it because, again, I, I joke about my team. Mm-hmm. Everything would have to go right for them. Yeah. Everything would have to go right for them to get to where they are. Here are the Chiefs, meanwhile, that not everything went right this season and they are still in a Super Bowl. What a, If you're a Chiefs fan, good for you. Enjoy the hell out of this. Mm. He's Chris Ranji. Get some rest, Ranj. We'll talk on Monday. I'm Amy Mark Scores. The Dave Glover Show is next. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.